Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Today's podcast is about another tragedy. Another black man, a young man, was shot by a cop in Minnesota. Now, hold on. We understand it's an accidental officer-involved shooting. At least you can watch the video yourself, and you all have seen this by now. The woman who shot this kid, and by the way, he was a gangbanger. He was seen on Instagram brandishing an unlicensed weapon the night before. He was a no-good Nick, but that does not justify killing him. Let me be very clear. Another thing to know about this that I can add to this discussion that no one else has mentioned is that did you notice the riots in Minnesota? What have you noticed about them that's unique? Well, what you noticed about them is that they're being, they're rioting while Biden is president, not Trump. This tends to diminish the argument that all of these Antifa and BLM riots were aimed at Trump. Sure they were. So now they're being aimed at Biden. What does that tell you? It tells you they're anarchists and they have to be stopped by this party, the Democrat Party. How's that? It is time to stop them. It is time to arrest them. It is time to use martial force if necessary to get these vermin off the street. Because you can see now it doesn't matter whether it's Trump or Biden. They want to tear the country to ribbons and break the country down and threaten all of our lives. But let's go back to the accidental officer involved shooting in Minnesota. It's a terrible story. If you watch... The videotape, as I have done repeatedly today, it's awful. You can hear the cop saying, oh, shit, I just shot him. Cop mistook her own gun for taser before shooting 20-year-old Minnesota man dead. She meant to pull her taser and she shot him with a gun. Who is this idiot? They're going to dismiss her from the court, They won't from the police force, but who is she? The black man who was killed during a traffic stop was fatally shot by a cop who mistook her gun for a taser. As they released body cam footage of the incident showing the officer screaming, Taser, Taser. So let's start again. They pulled the guy over, which they had a right to do. He was cuffed, which they had a right to do. They had no right to shoot him dead. Absolutely not. Now he had an outstanding arrest warrant. That justifies pulling him over and stopping him. Okay. But the officer who shot him, how did she do this? She got mixed up and shot him with a gun instead of a taser. What the hell is she doing on the, on, on, on the police force? The fact of the matter is the individual, Duante Wright, tried to run away after he was pulled over. You don't run away when a cop pulls you over. I'm sorry. This is now becoming an epidemic of perps running away knowing that the cops can't do anything to them. Okay. Meanwhile, demonstrators back on the streets, Antifa, BLM, rioting, burning, looting, And this has to stop. There's no justification whatsoever for burning stores to the ground and looting them in the name of racial justice. You know that and I know that. Have you seen what's going on? 
in Minnesota? Have you seen what they've done? The looting? What does that have to do with shooting this kid? Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. And so again, we come back to the main point. The main point is, is that this is going on by the rioters, the same crowds of anarchists and thugs and criminals in BLM and in Antifa. They're looting. They're destroying the city. If you look, take a look at what they did. You know nothing about it. I'll show you what it is. All you got to do is look for yourself. Protesters, my God, they're not protesters. They're anarchists. And they looted and burned dozens of stores near Shingle Creek Parkway. Many of them the same business that were recovering from the riots after George Floyd's death last year. There were reports of looting in other cities, including stores along Lake Street in Minneapolis. This is not going to end well for anybody. The fact of the matter is, last week, the former NFL player, a black man, murdered five people in South Carolina, including a doctor, a doctor's wife, their grandchildren, and someone working in the backyard, an air conditioning man. And we're supposed to believe that he was a victim due to brain damage from the NFL. Nobody burned and looted in South Carolina. These terrorists in Minnesota are terrorists. They need to be stopped and they need to be put away immediately. Having said that, there is no justification for having shot this kid. He was a no good Nick. It was a warrant out for his arrest. If you want to take a look at his Instagram posting on michaelsavage.com, we got it this morning. You will see the new face of BLM. It was sent to us via Instagram, and it showed Duante Wright flashing his unregistered handgun while smoking a blunt just the night before, and he was wanted on a warrant when he attempted to run from the cops after being stopped by police in Minneapolis. He was in the process of getting arrested for a weapons charge and escaping police on top of already having a warrant for his arrest before he was killed yesterday by a dumb cop who shot him instead of using a taser. You can see the terrible Instagram of Duente Wright, the poster boy for BLM, on Instagram on michaelsavage.com. It's a tragedy all around. Nobody wins. The main point to remember here is the rioting is still going on, despite the fact that Biden, the left-wing fanatic, is in office. You can't say this was all orchestrated by Biden to bring down Trump. What we have now is clear and present evidence that it is time to arrest the rioters or use martial force to stop them before the whole country goes up in flames. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And now you're going to hear the female cop who mistook her gun for a taser. It's a tragedy all around. The police chief, Tim Gannon, said that Dewante Wright died as a result of an accidental discharge by the officer who has been placed administratively accidental discharge. It sounds like a, a nocturnal emission. That's ridiculous. It's not an accidental discharge. She panicked and killed him. But Wright stepped out of his car after being handcuffed. He struggled with cops. Now, he was pulled over for legitimate reasons, 
And if you listen to the tape, you hear her saying, oh, I just shot him. Who is she? Not identified, but she's a very senior member of the force who is no doubt going to be fired. Mayor said, my position is that we cannot afford to make mistakes that lead to the loss of life or of other people in our profession. He's 100% right. He had no right running. He was a thug and a no good nick, a gangbanger, out on a warrant, but he did not deserve to die. Okay? That's the issue. So now let's listen to her saying, oh, whatever. Okay? I don't have to keep repeating it just for fun. But if you listen to it, you'll hear the cops saying she did it by accident. Okay? We're going to play it for you right now on the Savage Nation podcast. Let me give you a little more details on the shooting of this guy in, in Minneapolis. Okay, he was, his name is Dante Wright. He's a kid, 20 years old. There was an outstanding warrant for carrying a pistol without a permit to fleeing police. That was tweeted by a reporter for KARE 11. It was issued in April when he failed to appear in court. So he's seen in his car with his girlfriend. He's pulled over on Orchard Avenue on Sunday, again, for an outstanding arrest warrant. And watch the, the, the thing of him on Instagram boasting about his gun. He's a gangbanger. So the cops arrest him, they cuff him, and while they're cuffing him, he jumps back in his car and tries to run away, and the cops pull their tasers, and one of them makes a mistake and kills him with a gun. He drives several blocks, crashes into another car. The fact of the matter is, he did not deserve to die, and this is a terrible tragedy all the way around. But for the race mongers to start saying this is about a black man being shot by police, don't rush to judgment on this because these cities will burn. It's a terrible tragedy all around. He did not deserve to die, but he had no right to run from the cops. And this is a result of what's going on in this country right now. So now let's look at the fatal shooting from a different perspective. As I mentioned earlier, the cop who shot this gangbanging kid who was out on a warrant for an unlicensed, unregistered gun. The police had every right to pull him over. They, they had every right to arrest him. However, the killing of him was totally unjustified. And as I said earlier, she said she mixed up her taser with her gun. When I said that on Twitter, one of my followers is a New York Police Department or former NYPD officer where he said this is a result of bad training, number one. And number two, he said in New York, we carry our taser on one side of our belt and our gun on the other. So what happened in Minneapolis? Well, the Minnesota cop accused of fatally shooting Dante Wright was actually trained by the department to place her Glock handgun and her taser, which are very different in weight, on opposite sides of her holster. So what happened? They said it was an accidental discharge. So the police chief... Mr. Gannon said, for informational purposes, we train with our handguns on our dominant side and our taser on our weak side. He said that at a press conference. If you're right-handed, you carry a firearm on your right side and you carry your taser on the left. This is done purposefully and it's trained, right? 
Now, if you look at the police body cam footage that was released during the briefing by the police chief, you'll see the officer who shot Wright holding her weapon in her right hand as she warns Wright, I'll tase you, I'll tase you, taser, 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 before shooting him with a single shot from her gun. Now, officers are trained to announce the use of a taser to notify their partners and others who may be subjected to it. So Gannon went on, the police chief, and said, as I watched the video and listened to the officer's commands, it is my belief that the officer had the intention to deploy their taser, but instead shot Mr. Wright with a single bullet. Well, both devices are very different in looks and in weight. A fully loaded Glock gun weighs in excess of 34 ounces, according to the gunmaker's manufacturing page. 34 ounces for a Glock. A taser stun gun weighs 8 ounces, okay? Now, the question is, how did she confuse the two? If she did at all, we do not know. 40 were arrested last night in the second night of violent Minnesota protests. Burning, looting, again. No justification for his killing and absolutely no justification for the so-called thug demonstrators, the communists mixed in with the Black Lives Matter criminals. This has to stop. They've exploited this tragedy. The fact of the matter is, it's because they have a weak governor and a weak mayor. What is Biden saying about this? Nothing. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Today's podcast, Packing the Courts, how Biden is breaking the Constitution. It's been nine since 69. That would be a good title as well. It's been nine since 69. There have been nine justices on the Supreme Court since 1869, since after the Civil War. And this factotum of radical worldwide communism, smiling old Joe, wants to change something that's been solidly in place since 1869. The Supreme Court is about as sacred an institution as there is left in the United States of America in the political system. People hate politicians. We distrust them all. We know they're all liars and thieves and criminals. We sort of have a responsibility to our nation through the Supreme Court. We have faith in it. Now Biden wants to destroy that, but that's not the only thing. He is also tearing up the U.S. border. He created a public safety and humanitarian crisis by taking apart a policy that Trump took years to achieve. And what is he doing in the Middle East? He wants to turn Arabs and Israelis at each other's throats again. Remember, Donald Trump brought Arabs and Israelis together. Do you understand that? There's been no war in the Middle East? You don't know that? What else does old Biden, the liar, want to do? He wants to end the Senate filibuster. You say, well, what is that? That's mild, isn't it? No, it isn't mild. Mitt Romney, who is about as middle of the road, milk toast as you get, who only criticizes Republicans, tweeted the other day, my Democrat friends decry the last president for weakening our institutions, said Romney, with his words and behavior, but they now cheer the effort to pack the Supreme Court and end the Senate filibuster which would forever diminish institutions at our republic's foundation, Romney wrote on Twitter. So why is the Biden team doing this? Biden is not doing it. Everyone knows that. He's the front man for the squid. You call them the squad. The squid is now running the world. They hate Jews. They hate America. They hate Israel. 
They hate the family. They hate white people. They hate men. They're now running America and the world. The world is in chaos after only four months. How low can this nation go? Well, you better hang on because it's about to get crazier. But let me get back to it's been nine since 69. That's the most important thing. It's been nine since 69. Headline, Biden to sign executive order creating commission on changes the Supreme Court says. One mild uh, report here. Changes the Supreme Court? Creation of a commission? It's no commission. It's a group of left-wing jackals that were going to rubber stamp the idea to expand the number of justices, which has been a key goal of far-left members of the Demon Cat Party. They also want to set term limits for Supreme Court justices. According to the statement released just Friday, the order will, quote, form the Presidential Commission on the Supreme Court of the United States, comprised of a bipartisan group of experts on the court and the court reform debate. That's total bullcrap. That is a lie. Biden says the panel will consist of former federal judges and lawyers, all communists, who have argued in front of the Supreme Court, as well as, quote, advocates for the reform of democratic institutions and the administration of justice. That would be blood money matters. That would be BLM, blood money matters. BLM, blood money matters. But Biden's release goes on. It says the expertise represented on the commission includes constitutional law, history, and political science rubbish. I want to say to you that even Ruth Bader Ginsburg, an avowed outright far-left radical, said that nine is fine. Nine is fine. The panel that Biden is creating to destroy the Supreme Court and tear up the Constitution will be led by none other than Bob Bauer. Who is he? He served as White House counsel for former President Barack Hussein Obama and law school prof Christina Rodriguez, who served as deputy assistant AG in the Office of Legal Counsel in the Obama administration. Obama is pulling the strings on this. But it gets worse. Bob Bauer has been a proponent for term limits for Supreme Court justices. Term limits. In 2005, this shady character Bauer wrote for the Washington Post that, quote, in our system of government, we normally constrain great power with limits rather than licenses. It's indefinite exercise. Hmm. Now, Bauer also previously worked for the Perkins Coy law firm. Means nothing to you but they've long worked for Democrats on election laws and was involved in the Russia-Trump dossier controversy several years ago. Hmm, that was the fake dossier. He was in charge of it. It gets even worse. Biden had the nerve to say, it's not about court packing, said Sleepy Joe. There's a number of other things that our constitutional scholars have debated. The last thing we need to do is turn the Supreme Court into just a political football Whoever has the most votes gets whatever they want. Presidents come and go. Supreme Court justices stay for generations. Really? That's what you believe, Joe? Who else was named to the commission? 30 other left-wing jackals. But even Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer, a real liberal member, warned against packing the court. Here's what the liberal Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer said. Quote, put abstractly, the court's power, like that of any tribunal, must depend upon the public's willingness to respect its decisions, 
even those with which they disagree, and even when they believe a decision seriously mistaken, said Breyer, a member of the court's liberal wing who was appointed by Bill Clinton. But he added something else. He added this. If the public sees judges as politicians in robes, its confidence in the courts and in the rule of law itself can only diminish, diminishing the court's power, including its power to act as a check on the other branches. Close quote, he added. So Biden wants to pack the Supreme Court. He wants to destroy the institution of the Supreme Court that even fair-minded liberals disagree with. When I continue with this discussion of Biden wants to pack the courts and it's been nine since 69, I will explain to you how Franklin Delano Roosevelt, an outright socialist president, tried and failed to pack the Supreme Court. And he did this when his socialist New Deal legislation kept getting uh, knocked down by Congress. And so what he did was, in addition to saying, let's pack the Supreme Court, which his own party opposed, FDR proposed a new law forcing justices to retire over the age of 70. Okay? Now, let me remind you that it's not strange or unusual for Supreme Court justices to serve well past the average U.S. retirement age of 63. Never forget that Ruth Bader Ginsburg died at age 87. She was senile, she was very ill, and she was still on the court. Antonin Scalia died at age 79 while still a Supreme Court justice. I could go along with the argument that there should be a, an age limit for retirement in Congress as well. Pelosi should be thrown out by now, okay? So why limit it to the Supreme Court? I could also say they should have done this while the court was packed with liberals for, for 40 years, but they didn't. The only reason they want to do this and put new restrictions on the court with an early retirement age is because they want to get rid of the conservatives that are on there. It's that simple. It's naked. They want to destroy the Supreme Court any way they can and turn this into a kangaroo court, not a Supreme Court. The American people who already don't trust judges will absolutely not trust the Supreme Court and will descend further into chaos. So let's go back in time and see how FDR tried to do this. In the late 1930s, FDR tried to put a new restriction on the court. It was a political ploy to change the court for extreme liberal or socialist rulings on his New Deal policies. There is a book by David B. Wallner, senior fellow and resident historian of the Roosevelt Institute and author of The Last Hundred Days, FDR at War and at Peace. He tries to justify this, saying that it's important to note the timing of this bill took place during the Great Depression. So he apologizes for Roosevelt. Remember, he works for the Roosevelt Institute and says, we were in the midst of the worst economic crisis in our history. Roosevelt's response to this economic crisis was to engage in a series of programs designed to manage a capitalist system in such a way as to make it work for the average American. And because he wasn't particularly ideological, he was willing to try all kinds of things. That's rubbish. Roosevelt was very ideological. Roosevelt was a socialist. The Social Security Administration is socialist. And so, beginning in May of 1935, FDR pushed through legislation, and what happened was the Supreme Court began to strike down a number of his socialist New Deal laws. Wilner continues and says, over the next 13 months, 
the Supreme Court struck down more pieces of legislation than at any time in U.S. history. Of course they did, because all the legislation was socialist. Roosevelt's first New Deal program, its centerpiece, was the National Recovery Administration, the NRA. Interesting, isn't it? Along with sections of the Agricultural Adjustment Act, again struck down by unanimous and near-unanimous votes by the Supreme Court. So frustrated, Roosevelt got to think about adding justices to the court, meaning packing the court. Okay? And so when FDR won the election of 1936 in a landslide, Roosevelt decided to float the plan of packing the court. Let me pause right there. Biden did not win the election by a landslide. He won by a hair or he stole it by a hair. Either way, he has no mandate to turn this country into a socialist nation. And so at that time, the Supreme Court opposed Roosevelt's socialist movements. Even his own party opposed it. And so it was never voted on in Congress to pack the Supreme Court. But strangely and oddly, the Supreme Court justices went public in their opposition to packing the court. And by the way, a majority of the public never supported packing the court either. Barbara Perry, director of presidential studies at the University of Virginia's Miller Center, said Congress and the people viewed FDR's ill-considered proposal as an undemocratic power grab, she says. Then Chief Justice Charles Evan Hughes testified before Congress that the Supreme Court was up to date in its work, countering Roosevelt's stated purpose that the old justices needed help with their caseload, a complete lie. Perry added, it was never realistic that this plan would pass. Roosevelt badly miscalculated reverence for the court and its independence from an overreaching president. I only wish that Biden and his advisors understood that the people would oppose this and do oppose packing, and so will Congress. However, I will tell you this. Congress does have the prerogative to change the makeup of the court, according to Woolner. And past leaders have even tried to pull off similar actions, including President Teddy Roosevelt in his famous 1910 New Nationalism speech. Can you believe this? And so FDR went along with trying to change the court, and she says he really bungled it politically, quote unquote. Well, what happened next is interesting. Some argue that Justice Owen Roberts shifted in his opinion of the New Deal before the election and giving later New Deal acts like Social Security, the National Labor Relations Act and other economic regulations, his vote on the court. Others contend that the threat of adding justices to the court was enough to swing Roberts vote. In the end, says Perry, two members of the court switched to a pro New Deal position known as, listen to this, the switch in time that saved nine. And FDR eventually packed the court the old-fashioned way, she says, through attrition, naming nine members. But he did not get to add members. I'm Michael Savage. I strive for accuracy and fairness. And what I'm giving you today is how Franklin Delano Roosevelt tried to pack the Supreme Court and failed. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. So Biden announced he was signing an executive order creating a bipartisan commission to explore reforming the Supreme Court. 
reforming it, huh? Well, first, he's uh, the panel is being asked to do a number of take a number of steps, including the pros and cons on exactly that issue. But they will also be looking at the court's role in the constitutional system, the length of service and turnover of justice on the court, justices on the court, the membership and size of the court, and the court's case selection rules and practices. And the makeup of this commission, which was vital for the president, uh, what is there are progressives on the court, there are conservatives on the court, people will present different opinions and different points of view, and then they'll have a report at the end of 180 days. The commission will revise the Supreme Court in many ways, including court packing, the length of service, meaning age limits, time limits, size of the court, court's case selection, rules and practices. In other words, the radical left squid and the demon cats of today are trying to politicize the one branch of government which was created not to be political. Now, what you've got to listen to now is Joe Biden in 2005 and even in 1987 destroying the Joe Biden of today on court packing. He is a complete and total phony hypocrite, a liar through and through. So what I have for you today from redstate.com is Joe Biden, the very same liar in 2005, talking about how doing the very thing he is trying to do now is a corrupt power grab. Biden said power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And that FDR wanting to do that was corrupted by power. That was Biden in 2005. Listen. So let me describe it in some detail. In the summer of 37, Roosevelt had just come off a landslide victory over Alf Landon. He had a Congress made up of solid new dealers. But the nine old men of the court were thwarting his agenda. In this environment, Roosevelt, and remember this old adage about power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely, corrupted by power, in my view, unveiled his court packing plan. He wanted to increase the number of justices to 15, allowing himself to nominate those additional judges. Took an act of courage on the part of his own party institutionally to stand up against this power grab. In May of 37, the Senate Judiciary Committee, a committee controlled by Democrats and supportive of his political ends. And I conclude by stating to you that the issue will be will historians studying the actions taken in the spring of 05 look upon the current members of this body as statesmen who place the institution of the Senate above party and politics. Or will historians see us as politicians bending to the will of the executives and to political exigency? I, for one, am comfortable with that role that I will play in the upcoming debate. And in my heart, I believe either this is called, there will be at least six men and women of rectitude on that side of the body that will not allow the deterioration of the constitutional responsibility of this body. Now listen to him in 1987. When he talks about how it is, quote, the futility and absurdity of the devious meant to punish the justices for having their own opinions, meaning not being puppets of FDR's left wing political whims. Biden even said in 1987, as you're about to hear, that such autocratic things were what led to the revolt against the English. But while President Roosevelt's social programs had the support of the Congress, President Reagan's programs did not. Well, President Reagan has used his nominations to shift the balance of the court. In Roosevelt's case, the court shifted on its own. Before the court packing bill reached the Senate floor, before Justice Mandever's timely resignation, Justice Robert Owens had already made his welcome switch in time to save nine, <laughs> giving Roosevelt a five to four majority he sought. But in May of 1937, the outcome of the Senate was anything but certain. 
The Judiciary Committee was controlled by Democrats, all loyal New Dealers. And although they supported Roosevelt's political ends, they refused to allow him to pursue them through judicial means. In their minds, the integrity of the court meant more than the agenda of the president. And on June 14th, they issued a report condemning the court packing plan. The president's legislation, they concluded, demonstrated, quote, the futility and, absur and absurdity of the devious. It was an effort to punish the justices for their opinions, quote, that was an invasion of judicial power such as has never been attempted before in this country. But the committee report went further still. The executive attempts to dominate the judiciary led to an autocratic dominance, they said, the very thing against which the American colonies revolted and to prevent which the Constitution was in its very particulars framed. The report concluded with a final thundering sentence before the day was out that would be heard round the world. Quote, it is a measure which should be so emphatically rejected that it's parallel will never again be presented to a free representative of a free people in America. My case today about the role of the court is rooted in history, precedent, and I would argue common sense. I've argued that the framers entrusted the Senate with a responsibility of advice and consent to protect the independence of the judiciary. Are you listening to this? That was Joe Biden. And last year, he said Americans did not even have the right to know his position on court packing now. A reporter said to him from the Daily Caller. Well, sir, don't the voters deserve to know? No, they don't. Deserve, I'm not going to play his game. He'd love me to talk about, and I've, I've already said something on, on packing, court packing. He'd love that to be the discussion. Are you listening to this? And by the way, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was opposed to it. She was against court packing, even as it was being proposed to push by Democrats. She said, no, f nine is fine. There is no fixed number in the Constitution. So this court has had as few as five, as many as 10. Nine seems to be a good number, and it's been that way for, for a long time. I have heard that there are some people on the Democratic side who would like to increase the number of judges. I think that was a bad idea when President Franklin Delano Roosevelt tried to pack the court. You mentioned before um, the court appearing partisan. Well, if anything would make the court appear partisan, it would be that. These sound bites are very important for you to hear right now on the Savage Nation podcast. So, as I said earlier in the podcast, even the middle of the road neutral anti Republican Republican from Utah, who by whose name we will not even mention, opposes court packing. Even he is outraged by it. You know who that is, don't you? Everyone forgot his name already. Well, Mitch McConnell hasn't been forgotten. In a sharply worded statement on Twitter, Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell blasted the Biden administration after they authorized a commission to look into changing the U.S. Supreme Court. McConnell said Biden is caving to the extreme left with a panel to study packing the Supreme Court. Here is what he actually said, quote, today's announcement is a direct assault on our nation's independent judiciary and yet another sign of the far left's influence over the Biden administration, wrote McConnell. He continued, rational observers know well there is nothing about the structure or operation of the judicial branch that requires, quote, study. 
constitutional scholars and the justices themselves have repeatedly affirmed the position of the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who said nine seems to be a good number. Justice Breyer, another liberal, said this week that structured alteration like court packing would mean eroding the public's trust in the judiciary, said McConnell, and by overwhelming margins, the American people agree, unquote. McConnell went on and said that the Democrats have increasingly voiced a disdain for the independence of the judiciary, and they want the courts to deliver uber-liberal rulings or face restructuring. It was Donald Trump who brought new blood and new urgency to the issue when during his term as president, he was able to appoint three conservative justices in an honest and fair way to the nine-member U.S. Supreme Court, giving conservatism a six-to-three majority on the bench. McConnell went on and said, anyone who was surprised by the creation of a commission on packing the court hasn't been paying attention. This faux academic study of a non-existent problem fits squarely within liberals' years-long campaign to politicize the court, intimidate its members, and subvert its independence. This is not some new serious or sober pivot away from Democrats' political attacks on the court. It's just an attempt to clothe these ongoing attacks in fake legitimacy. It's disappointing that anyone, liberal or conservative, would lend credence to this attack by participating in this commission, unquote, says Mitch McConnell. McConnell went on and said that President Biden, who campaigned on a promise to lower the temperature of political discourse in this nation, should, quote, stop giving oxygen to a dangerous, antiquated idea and stand up to the partisans hawking it, unquote. But I will say to you that Biden's not running the country. It's the squid running the country. The five members of the so-called squad, the most racist, sexist, heterophobic individuals in American history are now running this country. And that explains the so-called panel to study reforms to the U.S. Supreme Court by adding justices or instituting term limits. This is the far left group of squids wanting to add more communists to the conservative leaning courts. In a statement, the White House said Biden will sign an executive order to form the presidential commission, no matter what anyone says. And he named a bipartisan group, so-called, they're all liberals, to look into the Supreme Court. They're not going to analyze it because the conclusion is already in the matrix of the panel. As I said earlier, Bob Bauer an NYU law school professor and White House counsel to Obama and so-called Yale law school professor Christina Rodriguez, a former deputy assistant general at the Justice Department under the Barack Hussein Obama. That's bipartisan. I will say to you that this is true as well. Congress has left the number of nine since 1869, which I have been saying on Twitter. It's been nine since 69. But the Constitution does not say how many justices the court must have. The idea of putting on additional justices hasn't been seriously looked at since the far left president, FDR, unsuccessfully tried to pitch a court packing plan in 1937. I'll repeat again that Justice Stephen Breyer, a true liberal, said that packing the court will undermine public trust. And remember, Breyer is a Democratic appointee and the oldest justice. And he is the one saying Biden shouldn't do this. 
This is the Michael Savage Podcast, where the turning point in American history, more to follow. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. And now we turn to news of the day on the Michael Savage Podcast. And I'm going to begin with my website, michaelsavage.com, because I tend to collect, I think, the most important stories. So my headline is, watch Minneapolis again, National Guard deployed after fatal police shooting. Nobody wants to see police shootings. This was not an innocent man. He was fleeing the police and he was a wanted felon. Don't buy the lie that he was just pulled over for an air freshener in the backseat. That's the Antifa Ku Klux Klan types again. They're wearing black hoods, not white hoods, but they may as well be the same. I'm sick of this. Another headline. And that is the anti-Semitism of Ilhan Omar and the Foreign Affairs Committee appointed by Joe Biden. Read the story. A federal judge was run over and killed in Florida by a woman who said Harry Potter did it. Take a look at the pictures. You'll see what I'm talking about. Meanwhile, two people accused of stealing a Confederate monument worth a half a million dollars from an Alabama cemetery who tried to extort the town into publishing a Black Lives Matter uh, missive were arrested in New Orleans. I hope they throw the toilet at them. What else is in the news? A lot. Pelosi unloads an occasional cortex in a new biography. She says you're not a one-person show. That's a laugh coming from the one-person show called Pelosi, California teacher caught berating students in league Zoom over push for in-person learning, saying, come at me. These teachers are so arrogant and out of control. There's another story you shouldn't miss. Biden's so-called infrastructure bill is an attempt to push diversity into the suburbs by changing zoning laws to put in high rises in the middle of your housing development. How do you like that? It was tried in South Africa. How did that work out? It's been tried in England. Ask the English how that worked out. Another story on michaelsavage.com. South African variant infects vaccinated people eight times more. What? Breaking update. Breaking update. COVID update. The South African variant of the COVID-19 virus infects those people who have been vaccinated eight times more. You want to look at that story together? Let's look at that story together. It's in the Washington Examiner. It's an important story because I am not an anti-vaxxer, but I'm not taking this vaccine. I'll tell you that right now. It's unproven, untested. You are the guinea pigs. I don't care who you are. A new study from Tel Aviv University and Israel's largest healthcare provider said the South Africa variant of the coronavirus might evade the Pfizer vaccine. That's the headline. It looked at 400 people who tested positive for the coronavirus despite it receiving at least one dose of the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine and compared the prevalence of the South African variant with the same number of people who have not yet received any vaccination. And what did they find? Quote, we found a disproportionately higher rate of the South African variant among people vaccinated with a second dose compared to the unvaccinated group, said Mr. Adi Stern of Tel Aviv University. What does it mean? It means the South African variant is able to some extent to break through the vaccine's protection. But not only that, there's more. Not only could the variant break through protections offered by the Pfizer vaccine, but it uniquely affects those who have been vaccinated around eight times higher than those who have not received the vaccine. Did you hear this? 
Stern said the result came as a surprise based on larger patterns. He said, based on patterns in the general population, we would have expected just one case of the South African variant, but we saw eight. He said, obviously, this result didn't make me happy. Now, I should tell you that the South African variant of the virus is generally rare, making up only about 1% of all coronavirus infections. However, you should know that the South African variant is extremely virulent. And you should know that the Pfizer vaccine is not a magic bullet. You should also know the risks going in instead of believing it is a magic bullet. CDC director says Michigan should close things down amid coronavirus surge. Here we go again. The same know-nothing idiots in the CDC. And this spike in COVID came despite some of the strongest mask mandates and capacity limits and working from home. It did not stop the CDC head, Rochelle Walensky, a moron, suggested that Michigan close things down, shut the state down again, says this dumbass. Okay, what? It gets even worse. Fauci floats Corona booster shots. That's after downplaying the effectiveness of vaccines. See the story, Joshua Kaplan on Breitbart. Fauci hypes breakthrough infections. See Hannah Blue on Breitbart. Listen to me. We don't know who to listen to right now because they don't know what the hell they're talking about. One day they say the vaccine works. The next day they say it doesn't work. Then they say there's breakthrough uh, viruses. Then they say it doesn't matter. Get another shot anyway. Now they say close the state down. After closing it down, didn't stop it at all. So they don't know what they're talking about. They're just using it as a form of social control. Remember who told you this way back in February of last year? Sorcery, illness, and social control. I learned it in graduate school. It was used in a village in the Philippines by sorcerers to control a village. It's the same thing with Fauci. is nothing but a sorcerer who's saying it's still not okay to eat or drink indoors. It's time to put Fauci out to pasture. I have even stronger words, but I can't say it on the Savage Nation podcast. Now we read that the World Health Organization is saying the COVID pandemic is growing exponentially at more than 4.4 million new cases a week. We didn't know that. We thought it was all over, right? The WHO said the trajectory of the pandemic is now growing exponentially at more than 4.4 million new COVID cases. The agent's tech leader for COVID-19 said we're in a critical point of the pandemic. This is not the situation we want to be in 16 months into a pandemic where we have proven control measures, meaning the control measures aren't working. The masks the uh, paranoia it hasn't worked the the six feet social distancing are nonsense no one even knows why it's six feet why not five feet why not eight feet it was made up by a high school girl incidentally i'll tell you that another day it's getting to a point now where the situation is sort of out of control i know you may say well what do i care covid19 cases climbed by nine percent across the globe last week and deaths jumped five percent now that's across the globe you have to look into that she said the virus is stronger and it's faster with the emergence of new variants that spread more easily and are more deadly than the original wild strain of the virus. That's according to Dr. Mike Ryan, the head of the WHO Health Emergency Program. He said we're all struggling with and sick of restrictive lockdowns. India has overtaken Brazil as the second worst infected country behind the United States after COVID-19 cases continue to surge across India, where a double mutant variant, researchers say, could be more contagious, which has now emerged in India. So things are changing. Uh, hospitals are seeing a rise in young people being admitted. So what's going on? We don't know what's going on. All I can say is stay away from those who might be sick, even those who are not sick. 
wear your masks well. I'm not so sure it works that well unless see the masks work if you're spreading the virus. It keeps you from spewing the virus and the particles. Of course, wash your hands with soap and water. Of course, avoid crowded spaces. But this is very worrisome. And the COVID variant is spreading and it's nothing to be laughed about. Colorado is a new hotspot. Why is Colorado a new hotspot? Why? Well, you have to understand Colorado has a very large population of, let us say, immigrants. Let's put it that way. We'll be polite about it. They won't tell you that. And what you have to do is look into who's getting it. The governor of Colorado said older Coloradans, specifically those over the age of 50, are seeing a flat line or a decrease in COVID-19 cases. The liberal governor said that's a result of the vaccinations. He may be right. As for those in younger age groups, Governor Schmendrick said they are now at risk of getting new variants of the virus, which are showing more likelihood of severe reactions. He said most younger people infected will survive, but some will not make it out of the hospital. People are filling up the hospitals in Colorado in the 18 to 50 age group, blah, blah, blah. So why is this happening? Well, it's because young people are lackadaisical. They don't really fear it. They don't think it's going to kill them. And they're taking risks they don't need to take. And so, therefore, don't let your guard down with this virus. It's pretty, pretty dangerous, no matter what people may say to you. You're restricted to your house. You can't move around. You're a prisoner of this COVID uh, control. He's busy flooding America with COVID sick illegal immigrants, 50% of who are tested positive for COVID when they're tested at all. 50% of coming into the country. And they come in. And they're released right in right into America. What kind of country are we living in? They're telling you you need a vaccine passport. But those coming over the border are ushered right in with no passport. No talk of vaccines for them. Many of them are infected. Many are young. And by the way, you can't inject them with an experimental vaccine, can you? Can't do that to them. That would violate international law. How are you going to trace adverse Reactions in untraceable people because you can't register them. That's illegal. But you could be registered. How are you going to force them to get their second dose when you don't know who they are or where they are? How would you manage the number of people getting immediate side effects? Can't do it because you don't know who they are. How would you treat severe allergic reactions in Border Patrol facilities? Well, you couldn't do that. So you can't do anything to the illegal aliens flooding into America because of Catholic charities and the other gangster groups in the immigration racket. But if you're an American citizen and you cross the border from Oregon to Washington, or you go from New York to Pennsylvania to shop in a store, you might have to be quarantined for two weeks. In the United States, if we followed Israel's example, you might have to show a vaccine passport to enter a restaurant or a bar. Police may arrest you for not wearing a mask. You get the picture? but not if you're an illegal alien from Honduras or, or Guatemala sneaking into America, I should say coming into America as a result of the gangsters in Catholic charities, Jewish charities, Protestant charities, Lutheran charities, and the other gangster groups that are profiting from this. It's a sad state of affairs. 
What else is in the news on the Savage Nation podcast? Well, shall I say officer in Minnesota police shooting fired the fatal shot after mistaking his gun for a taser? Oh, God. Look, the guy shouldn't have been shot, but he was a felon fleeing. It's getting out of control. The whole thing is getting out of control. What else is in the news? I don't know. The rest of it's garbage. Majority of CEOs say Biden's tax hikes will hurt business. No kidding. What else is new? A Democrat with tax and spend? You're kidding me. You must be joking. There is other news of the day, which I will turn to right now by going to Newsmax.com. Again, the lead story, National Guard called in as violence looting erupt after fatal Minnesota police shooting. It is a big story, no question about it. Senator Kennedy says Americans, not morons, can see through the infrastructure plan. It's not an infrastructure plan at all. It's a social plan. It's a communist plan, a Marxist plan. They want everything under the sun that the squid want. I don't call them the squad. It's the squid. They're like four squid who've taken over the government. And Pelosi just lets them get away with it because she wants the same thing. White House targets GOP leaders' homes in infrastructure push. Are you listening to this? The White House now is telling rioters to go outside the homes of those opposing the infrastructure plan? Are you kidding me? Can you believe that the government itself is behind the rioters? You better believe it. Because I'm telling you the truth. I want to go back to the uh, story that I listed before. It's a terrible story. The shooting in Minnesota is a terrible story. The officer involved shooting was an accidental discharge. Unbelievable to me. I don't even want to look at the video. This has to stop. It's a result of hiring too many unskilled, frightened people as police people. We've really lost police in this country because of the rioters. Let's be very clear. Meanwhile, Joe Biden backtracks on police oversight commission as Black Lives Matter riots erupt in Minnesota over police shooting. Did you hear this? Joe Biden backtracked on a campaign pledge to establish a police oversight commission as he saw the riots getting out of control in Minneapolis. Are you listening to this? Twitter has censored a posting about BLM co-founders million dollar homes. The gangster in Blood money, I call BLM blood money. BLM, blood money, you idiots, you, you morons. There's only so much any man can take, and I need a break for another cup of coffee. Thank you for listening to the Savage Nation podcast. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed and learned something from it. And I want to remind you of something that I think is important for you to know. We have over 280 Savage Nation podcast episodes available to you absolutely free. I'll say that again. You can go back into this vast library of over 280 episodes and listen to any one of them or several of them at your leisure. So you never have to be without the Savage Nation. Thank you very much for listening.